Jesus. Jesus, we worship your holy name. We worship you for who you are. And in the season that we call Christmas, we point it all back to you. Because Lord, we cannot say Christmas without saying Christ. And Lord, wherever we may find ourselves in this season, whatever may be going on, would you remind us that there is hope in a manger, that there is peace on earth, that there is a love that came to this world because of who you are. That's why we can worship you, Lord. And Lord, for many of us, we know this. We know the reason why we have this season, but there are many who don't. There are many who are confused and maybe just unsure of what this is all about. And so, Lord, right now, as we continue to worship you, as we pray over our tithes and offerings, we do so. Because as we give unto you, Lord, we know that you're going to take it and you're going to use it to bless those far from you. That, Lord, they would come to experience not just the reason for this season, but the reason for all the seasons in our lives, the one hope that never fails, the love that never fails, that's only found in you. And so, Lord, would you bless the heart of those who give? Would you let them know that what they're doing right now has eternal reward because everything you do is to impact someone's eternity. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we continue to look forward to what you're going to do we pray for all of this in the name of Jesus. And we all said, amen, amen. Woo! Merry Christmas. Welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad you are joining us. Before you have a seat, would you just turn to somebody and just let them know Merry Christmas. Can you give them a hug. Can you give them a high five. Throw a shaka. For those of you online, go ahead and just greet each other in the chat. We're so glad you're joining us here tonight. everybody welcome to no church we are so glad you are joining us here tonight for those of you online we greet you as well we're so glad you're joining us uh you know what's so amazing is that we get to worship our god and our god is the same yesterday today and forever i don't know about you but i'm so grateful that our god never changes and tonight pastor kat konanui is actually going to share about our god who is the same yesterday today and forever so would you join me as we welcome pastor kat konanui Thank you, Pastor Ben. How you guys doing? Yeah? Some people are like, yes, it's Christmas. Some people are like, mm, yes, it's Christmas. Can you believe that it's that time of the year again, though? I mean, my goodness. Time has, I feel like we're racing through the year, like through the holidays even, you know? And um, <laughs> it's so fast going by that I'm getting events mixed up like I was we we're having our staff meeting and I'm talking about oh yeah well this past Thanksgiving or this past Halloween we did this this and they're like no that was the year before last year and I was like no no remember we just did this and they're like no that was like two years ago and I was like wow really okay and I'm having conversations like that and not only, not only this year or that year or the year before went by, but life is going by fast. How many of you feel like life is going by really fast? Can you just, can you just, yeah, 
Thank you. Because, okay, so I just, I just did a, a funeral for a childhood friend's mom recently. And I went up there, and I'm trying to give the history of how I know this family, you know. And then I, I, tell, I was calculating. As I'm sitting down, I'm calculating, like, wow, childhood friend. So how long have I known her? And I was like, oh, at least 20, 30 40, wow, and so I went up and I was like, you know, I've known her for like 40, and somebody that was sitting in there was like, oh, <laughs> wasn't young kid, of course, because, you know, 20-something is, is old, right, so I was like, 40, 20-something years I've known her for since I was a kid, I mean, but when I thought about it, I was like, I've known her for 45 years, do you ever look back at something like that and go, that was 30 years ago? That was, you know what I mean? It's unbelievable. And like, for example, how many of you used to remember the show Friends? I'll be there for you. Okay, that was like one of my favorites, right? Can you believe it's been 18 years since that show concluded? Not started, concluded when we said bye to our friends. 18 years. Yes, ladies, the Rachel haircut is 28 years old. <laughs> I still ask for it, but can't get away with it. I still can't do it. Okay, how about this one? Google, right? We use Google to search, right? Google sounds more recent than friends. Google has been around for 24 years. Founded in 1998. What about this one? Sing it if you know it. Rice-a-roni. Amen. Thank you, guys. My people. The rest of you who didn't know that song. Okay, whatever. That was 38 years ago, the one that we know. Because it's actually way older than that. But the one that I remember on TV was 38 years ago. Okay? Don't laugh, because who are you going to call? That was also 38 years ago, my friends. That was that long ago, okay? For those of you like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. That's all old stuff. Okay, MAC makeup. Heard of MAC makeup, ladies? 38 years ago. I didn't know that either. But because I guess we live in Hawaii, we get it way later than everybody else. So I don't know. We may be behind the times. Back to the future. Some of you guys like that. Pastor Sheldon, Pastor Ben, they love that movie. Back to the future. Got to go back in time. Well, you got to go back 37 years. That's how long ago that movie came out. Michael Jackson's Thriller, Thriller Night. 40 years ago, gang. 40. 40. A lot has changed, right? Time goes by, and a lot has changed. We look at things that have changed a lot. Back then, 40 years ago, I... Googled this. The average new car cost $7,983. The average cost of a new house, $82,000. Maybe in Hawaii was more, but the average cost in the United States, $82,000. Imagine buying a house for $82,000. Gas used to be 91 cents a gallon. I remember... When I was in high school, 
And we had that one friend that would have the car, and we'd give him $5. $5. Everybody pitch in a dollar. $5 would take us beach cruise, banyan cruise, down fun factory. $5 would go a long way in a gas tank. Now it's barely, barely, yes, barely a gallon. So isn't that, isn't that crazy? 91 cents a gallon. So many changes in such a short time. 40 years ago, things have changed. Buildings have changed. Our neighborhoods have changed. Stores have changed. I mean, even we have changed for those of us who have been around 40 years or more. You know, I remember being a kid and running around all day, all day, and not being sore. I didn't have to use Ben Gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Ben Gay was for old people, you know? Grandma and grandpa used it. Well, guess what? Now, I am the grandma that uses Ben Gay. In a blink of an eye, that happened. You know, I mean, now I don't have to do anything to have body aches and pains. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair, you know? Sometimes I'm limping, and I don't realize I'm limping, and some people in church or my, my family, they're like, oh, Kat, are you okay? How come you're limping? I was like, really? Oh, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I try and think of something. <laughs> like, oh, was I doing something? Did I do something strenuous? And like, please, no, nothing. <laughs> There's no reason. It's just sore, you know? And it's just like, wow, time goes by so fast. A decade, two decades, four decades in a blink of an eye. It goes by so fast, especially, you know, things that go by fast, things that we can remember, things that we can't remember. And can you just think about, like, something good that happened in your life? I don't know why. Like, when I think of, okay, when I first got my driver's license, that feels like 100 years ago, you know? But when it comes to traumatic events or painful memories, sometimes it's like yesterday. You know, sometimes it's almost like where I can remember it like yesterday. Something or somebody that hurt me or something scary or something that just was not good that happened in my life. Like, I remember details. I don't know about you guys, but there are some things that have happened where I can remember in details. Why did that happen to me? Why me? And the pain is actually still there. Still there. I'm not still happy I got my license. But there are things that still hurt from way long ago. And in the Bible, we're going to take a look at someone, a story that was filled with traumatic events. And his name is Joseph. So if you have your Bibles out, let's turn to chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37, because our whole message tonight is going to be about Joseph's story. Now, for those of you who know Joseph, in the Bible, you'll see Genesis 37. It's titled Joseph's Dreams. And Joseph basically was the favorite, right? He was the favorite. We're not talking, I know it's Christmas time, so you guys thought I was talking about Joseph, Mary, baby Jesus, Joseph. But no, we're talking about Joseph, who was um, Jacob's son, who he was a favorite. He, um, he was despised by his brothers. They were all jealous of him. And he was just the favorite. And so we're going to look at his life, okay? And in chapter 37, you know, we see that, and I'm going to go through this story like almost, because it's long, I have to go through it almost like Olaf style. 
You know, like, and then this was what happened. His brothers are throwing him in the pit, and then you're the bad guy. What? You know, it's going to kind of go like that, but not. Can you believe it's been almost 10 years since Frozen first came out? And we still can't let it go. <laughs> when someone says, let it go, what do we do? Let it go, let it go. It's been te almost 10 years since, and we've been doing that for almost, okay, anyway, getting off track. So anyway, um, we're talking about Joseph, the 17-year-old kid, okay, who drew the envy and hatred from his brothers. And it starts off with Joseph's dream. So we're going to look at Genesis 37, um, 5 through 8. And it said, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field. Sheaves of grain, by the way, if you're doing the grain, tall stalks of, of grain, and then they bind it together and they stack it, right? Okay, just because we live Hilo, we don't know what sheaves of grain may be. Okay, um, Suddenly, my sheaf rose and stood upright, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. His brothers hated him. It says they hated him. It doesn't say that they were irritated. It didn't say they were angry. They hated hate is a very strong word, especially among family. Hate is a very strong word. He then goes on to tell them another dream, and this the father too. But the father doesn't hate him, but he keeps it in his mind, right? And so the brothers form a plan. And then they go grazing the flocks. They go far away. And the father, I don't know why, but the father sends him out and says, go join your brothers, you know, go... Um, Go be with them. They are grazing the flocks. You know, go see them. So, so he went. While he was approaching them from afar, it says that um, they made a plan. They seen him in the distance, and they said, ugh, here he comes. They devised a plan to kill him while he was walking towards them. That's how much they hated him, their brother. How long did it take for him to reach them, for them to even decide to do such a crime as to kill their brother? You know what I mean? Like, how good is their eyesight? Like, how far away was he? Was he from here to the parking lot? When you're, when you're leaving tonight, try and make a decision before you reach a car. It takes longer for me and my husband to decide where to eat, you know, than anything. And the, then it took for them. They were just like, here he comes, that fool. Let's kill him. So they, so they make this plan. That's what happened. And you know, for family, you expect more, you know, from your family. And for anybody who's been hurt by a member of their own family, it stings just a little bit more, you know, because you didn't see it coming. Like, family is supposed to be the ones that stand by your side and protect you against everybody else. You know, your family is supposed to be, your brothers especially, you know, as a, as, a, as a dude, you know, your brothers are supposed to be the one that, you know, kids are picking on you. I'm going to call my brothers on you. Not you got to fear for your own life against your family. So when I read this, I was just like, oh my goodness. But thank goodness, the oldest brother, Reuben, he was just like, no, 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 no. 
how about we just sell him into slavery, right? You guys know how the story goes, so they end up selling him into slavery. So they throw him into this well, right, with no water in it, by the way, so that must have hurt. Left him there, and then these guys came along, they sold him. And he was sold to an Egyptian master, and we read in Genesis 39, 2-3, it says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him at the, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. The Lord was with Joseph and the master saw that the Lord was with Joseph. That means that through his traumatic experience, through this painful thing that just happened with his brothers, that Joseph was crying out to the Lord. The Lord was with Joseph. That means that he wasn't rejecting God. He wasn't blaming him. He wasn't going, no fair, no fair. Why, why, why? He was calling out to the Lord. Whether he was on the bottom of the well, whether he was, you know, just feeling all this rejection, he was calling out to the Lord, and the Lord was with him. For God to be with Joseph, he wasn't turning away. He was turning to him. The story goes on, and he lives with Potiphar, right? And he takes care of his estate. So Potiphar's wife notices this young, handsome, well-built guy, Joseph. He's, you know, young. And she was like, hey, let's hook up. And he's like, no, no, absolutely not. And he refused her because Joseph was with God. He was a godly man. So he said, no, no, thank you. And so she, you know, woman scorned, right? She made up this story, accused him of take, trying to take advantage. Potiphar comes home and goes, what? Sends him off to prison, throws him off to prison, right? Another totally unjustified traumatic experience. For someone who had dreams of greatness, his life was turning out to be quite a nightmare, wasn't it? You know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, I had this dream, and this is what's going to happen, but no, it's kind of like a nightmare right now. But as we read in Genesis 20, uh, 39, 20 through 21, it says, But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. The warden! The prison warden. I don't know if you know many prison wardens, but I watch TV. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that the wardens don't look at a lot of people with goodness and see good. You know, I don't know. I could be wrong. But while Joseph was in prison, the warden saw so much good in Joseph, so much of God in Joseph, that he put him in charge of those in prison. And Joseph wasn't the only one having weird dreams. Remember, throughout the story we read, he's in there with the pharaohs like um, cupbearer and the baker, right? And they're having weird dreams. They come to Joseph. Joseph goes, I got you. And, and so he tells them, he interprets the dreams for them. They're like, oh my gosh, thank you. What can we do for you? And he says, remember me. Remember me. Yes, 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 yes. The cupbearer gets freed, gets sent back to the pharaoh. Does he show up at the pharaoh and go, I got this guy you got to meet. He's awesome right away. No. He forgets about Joseph in prison for how long? Two years. Two years. <sighs> Two years go by until the pharaoh has a bad dream, right? The pharaoh has a bad dream. Nobody can interpret it. The pharaoh's calling on people. You, you, come interpret my dream. They're like, ha, ah, right? 
He calls on his magicians. He calls on people. Come on, interpret my dream. Nobody can do it. All of a sudden now, the cupbearer, you know when you're in trouble, and you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I got somebody. I got this guy, Joseph. He's in prison, though. He can help you out. So they bring him up. Joseph prays, and he says, I can only tell you what God is going to tell you, right? Because he's a godly man. So Joseph interprets the dream for the Pharaoh. What does the Pharaoh do? Puts him in charge of Egypt. He was in prison. Now he's in charge of Egypt, only second to the Pharaoh, right? Now, at the age of 30, 13 years of trauma later, he is living the dream. He has a dream about seven years of abundance, seven years of famine. So he now is living in this. People are starving now. Seven years go by, they're now in the famine where people are starving. There's no crops, but because Joseph saw this in a dream, he saved up, right? So guess who has to come to beg for food? Two years into the famine, his brothers, right? His brothers. The father sends him, go to Egypt. I heard there's food over there. Go, go get some. By this time, Joseph is 39. 22 years later, he sees his brothers, and he tests them, you know, and he, they don't recognize him. And then he reveals himself to them. He tests them, and then he reveals himself to them. And then it's like, I, you guys were the bad guy. I'm Joseph. What? You know, it was like that, right? They freak. Imagine that. This guy, this brother that we did this bad things to, now he's in charge of Egypt, and I'm coming to you for food because we're starving. Now let's look at this. Joseph, who had been hated by his brother so much, they planned to kill him, but he ended up, they ended up selling him. His, his dream came true. The same dream that he told them that pushed them over the edge to hate him, bowing down before him, had come true. What did he do? Did he go, ha ha? <laughs> did he go, off with your heads? No. He didn't. He forgave them. He embraced them. He took care of them, their entire family. He didn't let his past and the past, what they did to him, affect his love for his brothers. Can you imagine that? I don't know if I... But Joseph did. He had every right to. He even said to them in Genesis 45, 4 through 5, it says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me here ahead of you. He basically told them, It's not you who did this, but God who sent me. After Jacob, their father, dies and everything, the brothers are afraid again. Now that dad is dead, now he's really going to give it to us. No, no. And again, they fell down before him. In Genesis 50, 18 through 21, it says, Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is in this day to save many people alive. Now therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph knew that it was because of his trauma, his past troubles, that he was now here. And most importantly, that through it all, he had God with him 
through it all. At any time, he could have questioned, fallen away, but he didn't. And because he had God with him, because he had God with him through it all, he was blessed. Joseph chose to cling to the Father, to the Lord, rather than push him away and cry, no fair, no fair. He recognized that he isn't God, and God has a plan. God is in control of his life. You know, we read in Jeremiah 29, 11, the popular scripture, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. We know that. We should look at how our past is part of God's present plan for us. What happened yesterday to help us today for our eternity? That same God that helped Joseph, that helped Israel, and that helped Abraham is the same God that helps us today. We sing about it. We sing about it. That same God wants us for eternity. That's why we say Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's the same God. You know, Joseph, when we look at his, his trauma, let's look at his trauma. He was betrayed, hated. He was rejected, enslaved, accused, wrongfully imprisoned, forgotten. Imagine if all these things were, were you today. Imagine if you had been betrayed, maybe you were, hated, rejected, enslaved, accused, imprisoned, or forgotten. Can you imagine that trauma from when you were 17, all these things happened? But because God was with him and he chose the Lord, Joseph was also protected blessed, even promoted, respected, empowered. He was able to forgive, and he was merciful because God was with him, because he chose God. You know, gas prices may change, but Jesus' desire for us never changed. His plans for us to prosper never changes. But we need to choose him, right? We need to choose him. So the only point I have for tonight is to choose God's way all day, every day. Choose God's way all day, every day. What does that mean? What does that mean? Should we make a bumper sticker? Yep. If it helps you remember, yep. If you have a bad encounter at work, do you snap at them? Do you work through it? God's way all day, every day. If you're shopping, the lines are long, and people are moving so slow because they want to compare prices on their app, and oh, they want to pay with cash and coins. Who does that? Do you yell at them? Do you, ah, hurry up? Do we do that? Do you tell the cashiers, like, oh my gosh, can you open up another line? Why are you guys taking so long? Or do we pray for them that they're busy? Do we have compassion for those who are slow moving? Why are they slow moving? Something's up. Maybe they're older. Maybe they're hurt. We don't know. God's way all day, every day. If you've had a falling out with a friend or a family member and it just, not, it just cannot be resolved today, Do you hold on to unforgiveness? Or do you pray for them anyways? 
that God love on them. You know? God's way all day, every day, choose. I mean, God gave us the freedom to choose, but not just to choose whatever we want to do for our own benefit, whatever suits us, but to choose him, to choose him. Even when circumstances change, even when we change for better or worse, he never changes. We're the ones that, that change and choose, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Each of us have our own emotional, spiritual, and for some, even physical scars. We've been battle-tested. But because the Lord was with us and had a plan for us, we are choosing the Lord. We're here right now. If you're here right now, you chose to be here. You know, you chose the Lord. You chose to click on that link to watch tonight. You chose God. No matter what happens, we have a choice we choose. Your story, your circumstances, your scars can help someone else. Maybe someone in your family, maybe one of your friends, your coworker, a total stranger. If we choose the Lord, we can see that what was meant for evil can turn for good. If we choose God over and over, all day, every day, our yesterday can help others today and maybe for there forever. Imagine that. So because I'm, because I'm holy and I watch TV shows with serial killers in them, don't judge. So I was watching this one show that I like and this FBI agent was, um, <laughs> okay, just listen, okay. This FBI agent, he was interviewing this serial killer and he he says, you know, because the serial killer was beat up, he was traumatized as a child, he was abused, so, you know, he grew up to be a serial killer. So the FBI agent said to him, you know, you were just responding to what you learned. When you grew up in an environment like that, an extremely abusive, violent household, it's not surprising that some people grew up to be killers. And so the killer looked at him and said, some people? And he said, yeah, some people grow up to be killers and some people grow up to catch them. And I was like, oh, oh. We choose, you know? We choose what we do with our past traumas, our hurts, our stories even. We choose to forgive or not to forgive. We choose whether to come up here or not. We choose. We choose. You know, I've had a, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, I've had a rough month. And this past 30 days, I've been going through some stuff with my family, and um, it's present. It's present day stuff that is happening. That someday in the future, it'll be my yesterdays that I can use. But right now, I was going through some stuff. And... Um, 
There was even a time last week where I didn't want to come. I'm going to just be real with you guys right now, okay? Last week, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to come. I didn't want to answer questions. I didn't want to be like a mess because I'm Pastor Cat. I'm supposed to be, you know, but I, I was going through some stuff and I didn't want to be around people and um, I just kept praying and spending time with the Lord, like, Lord, why is this happening? Why? You know, and um, I took some time to just really listen to worship music, just listen and spend time with him and um, <laughs> we had spruce up this past Saturday and I knew you guys were going to be here, and I prayed about that. I was like, Lord, what do I do? do I, I don't want to go. I don't want to answer questions. I don't want to be around people. I feel so junk. And I just felt him just say, just go. I am with you. I am with you. And so I came up. I came up. And I thought to myself, okay, well, you know, worst case scenario, <laughs> I'll come up and I'll just leave. If it's that bad, I'll just leave, you know? Because when you isolate brothers and sisters, there's a reason why it's not good for men to be alone. We need each other. We need the Lord. And he uses us as the family to hold each other up. And when I came up here, and I spent time with you guys. And I know I joked about Spruce Up being a time where we clean and it's fun. It was. <laughs> it was because to watch a bunch of guys try and stack these drums to make it look like a Christmas tree was hilarious. <laughs> but the Lord's presence is with you, my brothers and sisters. And I needed that. I needed you. Because I need the Lord. But I had to choose. I could have chosen to stay home and hide. But I had to choose to, to come up, to speak tonight. I know that whatever we go through today, someday will be our yesterday that we can help somebody for their eternity. I know that God will use it for good because this is supposed to be the merriest of the times of the year, right? It's supposed to be Christmas and everybody's supposed to be happy and joyful, but not everybody is. There are some people going through some serious pain. You know, there's some people that are um, experiencing loss. There are some people that are feeling all the things that Joseph felt, rejected, betrayed. So it's hard. So for us, as brothers and sisters, we got to reach out to them. We got to reach out to them and we got to let them know that this is where it's at because the Lord is where it's at. You know, Joseph spent his time going through trauma and it's only because he chose God that he was supposed he was able to come out. He could have chosen anger and hatred when his brothers sold him. He could have chosen selfishness when Potiphar's wife came on to him, right? He could have chosen self-pity when their cupbearer forgot about him in prison for two years. He could have chosen vengeance when his brothers were standing before him starving. But he chose God's ways through it all. 
all those circumstances, and he was blessed. And more importantly, God was glorified. While Joseph was feeding the hungry, imagine that. They knew he was a man of God. They knew it was from God. The Pharaoh knew it. Everybody knew it. So when he was giving out food, they knew that it was from God. So imagine the people that came up and said, thank you. Thank you, God, for providing this. God never wastes a hurt, is what I've been told. And I'm here today because I have past hurts. I don't know about you guys. I didn't come to church because my life was hunky-dory. I came because I was seeking the Lord. I was seeking something. And God never wasted because of past hurts. I want to be here to help somebody else. I want to use the past hurts because I now have more compassion for other people going through similar things or just hurts during the holiday season because not everybody is happy right now. Not everybody is getting together with family right now. I'm not saying this to be a downer, but I'm saying that as a church family, we know what to pray for. We know not to judge people who aren't happy right now. We pray for them instead. We reach out to them instead. I have these cards that um, are by the doors on the tables on the way out. I want you to take one and um, pray over it and ask the Lord to find somebody that you should give it to and invite them to church. We have a Christmas program next week, Wednesday. We have church programs Christmas Eve. Just invite them. Pray over it and give it to somebody. If you feel like you need to hang on to it because you're hanging on barely, then you hang on to that card. That's fine. But if not, then pray over it and find somebody to give that card to, and hopefully they'll choose to come. And if you're being battle-tested right now, you're barely hanging on, just keep showing up. Just show up. Just click on the link. Just cry out to the Lord. Just pray. And if you're tired, you're being tested right now, and you're tired of carrying this trauma by yourself, then why don't we pray together right now? Let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, we just come to you as a church family. We come to you as your children, Lord, and we are crying out to you. We are asking you, Lord, if somebody here right now is being tested, battle-tested, going through trauma as we speak, it's not part of their past, it is present. And they're saying, I can't, do this anymore by myself and then let them realize they don't have to do it by themselves Lord they have you let them cry out to your name right now and raise their hand if that's you raise your hand right now and say Jesus come into my life because I need you just raise your hand Jesus come into my life I need you say it again Jesus come into my life I need you there is no shame in that because we all need the Lord. Let them not feel shame, Lord. We all need the Lord. We all need you. We all need your love and protection and guidance. God, we need your comfort. So please let anybody who's carrying their past traumas that is not healthy for them to be able to give it to you, God. And may it be turned for good. May you be glorified 
May it not be a wasted hurt, Lord. May we choose to glorify you through it all. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say together, amen. Amen. I love you guys. And I need you guys. We need each other as brothers and sisters. It's not a cliche. I'm not kidding. Because times is hard for a lot of people out there. So pray for people. Pray for each other. Celebrate God's love. Tell your story. You don't have to tell the details. I didn't tell you guys the details. But tell your story. And celebrate what God is doing. Because God... I cannot imagine going through life without him. You know, especially through the, the stuff. I almost said a not nice word. The stuff. But imagine, not going, imagine going through life without the Lord. I cannot. So make sure that you pray for people that are in your lives or that you see that need the Lord. And if it's you, then you pray and you cry out to him because he's listening. You may feel, not feel like it. Maybe 22, 29, 40 years later, but you'll see. You'll see. All right? Amen? Amen. All right. Don't forget the cards. And we have um, our Sunday services this Sunday, 7, 8, 30, and 10. And our Christmas program is next week, next week Wednesday. It's going to be fun and joyful. Okay? I won't make you cry next week, Wednesday. I promise. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say that. But no, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Bring the children and all that. Okay? All right. Have a good day. We'll see you guys.